to Tales from the Doghouse. Um, this is Stacy from Focused Fun and in the U.S. And with me, I have Ness. Hey, it's Ness Jones. I'm in Australia and I'm from Separation Anxiety in Dogs Decoded. And who else have we got with us today? Hi, this is Sarah <laughs> from Separation Anxiety Solutions in the U.K. And today we're going to be talking about regressions in separation anxiety training and variability and of course what those two expressions mean so what do regressions mean to you guys let's just say let's do an example perhaps um if for example my dog was able to cope with two hours home alone a regression might be that they suddenly can't cope with two seconds home alone or two minutes. So they've re regressed in time. Would you guys agree with that? More or less? More or less? Yeah, I think I would also add a, um, for me, if you are, you know, at consistently two hours with your dog to carry on the example, and then they have one bad exercise, I wouldn't consider that a regression um, per se. To me, regression is something that's that's more sustained. Yeah. So in your example, would that not be variability then? That would be variability or a very technical term called a blip. <laughs> a blip. <laughs> yeah. I like blips. Just, blips better. Yeah, it's a it's lot easier like, to say than variability. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's like geek. That didn't go well. <laughs> like that what kind of what kind of things uh do you think cause regression so when you're talking to your clients and you're letting them know that separation anxiety training doesn't go uh in a, a linear fashion it does you don't start at a minute and end up at you know three hours six weeks later because it just doesn't work that way uh not just in separation anxiety but in all training no training is linear mm -hmm. it always goes up and down so what kind of things would you um ask your clients to watch out for that that may cause a blip a blip or a regression <laughs> <laughs> i think um i think a blip because because the trouble is is that most of your clients went even with a blip they still think of that as regression it's and they true. kind of think oh no it's all gone backwards oh no it's all gone horribly wrong uh and it's up to us to help them to get through that because it is just you know regressions or blips happening in everything in everyday life all the time uh so yeah so that it's the kind of things that we need to say to them to help them through yeah. that or, or the things that will cause blips sometimes i think that there is no reason for a blip it well no reason that we can discern that there's a blip right and those i think are the hardest mm. for for people to kind of cope with because it's like, oh, I'm doing so well, I'm acing all these exercises and then all of a sudden I come crashing down um, on this 
on this next exercise. And I think that's really hard. I think when there is an explanation for it, um, they went to the vet and mm. that was kind of, you know, a, a difficult experience for them. They went to the dog park and got yelled at by another dog. They, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think some of, for some dogs, those types of things can affect your training. Um, yeah. There's a thunderstorm outside and they're noise phobic. Um, or a, a bad day at doggy daycare because they were overstimulated or yeah, they had a bad experience there. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I had um, a, a client today, funnily enough, who has been trundling along so nicely, and it, on her on the notes on on her exercise sheet, she'd actually written all these things that had happened to him during the day, and that he'd he'd been out and and had a altercation with another dog in the park. He'd been shouting at things out of the bedroom window all day long. He didn't eat his dinner at night, and he was kind of like there was this whole little this tiny little catalogue of things that had basically gone wrong all day. And she got halfway through the exercise and then went, actually, I think I'm going to stop because when I came back in, he jumped up at me and he never jumps up at me. And it was like, well, that's a really good sign that there's something for, for whatever reason that day, every, you know, this, this tiny little catalogues have all led to him not doing an exercise today when he's been doing so well. And for them, that's really difficult. But for me yeah. or for us, we look at it and go, yes, that, yeah. but that's normal. Mm -hmm. But in saying that, how good is your client to realise what was going yes. on? Like oh, that is an ideal they client. Like switched on. Not, they won't all do that, will they? They'll just go, oh, well, we'll just, you know, keep going. But, yeah, mm -hmm. no, good on her. No, and it's, and it's something yeah. that we really need to heavily reinforce with clients as well to make sure that they, every time they do it, they're like, yeah, like, yay, spot on. What a, you know, what a great time to stop that exercise. You did the right thing. Because nobody wants to stop, do they? Yes. No. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, one of the things that you mentioned that we haven't already talked about was just uh, if your dog's not feeling well, that's mm -hmm. it. like, you know, pain can, can be a major contributor to how well they can cope with being alone. Right. So it, even if it's, if it's an ear infection or urinary tract infection, um, hip pain, or, you know, uh, stomach ache if they're really itchy. Um, I had a, a client recently whose dog got groomed, and then when they got back from the groomer, they were so so itchy, um, oh. and didn't did not do well with that exercise. Maybe because they were at the groomer, but this was the next day, so in theory, you know, they could still be be carrying some stress from it. But um, this particular dog does okay at the groomers so far <laughs> um but yeah it was so itchy and and just did not um do well in that next exercise but I could see itch 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 I'm like what's going on with him why is he so itchy and she's like well <laughs> so um yeah so even just something like that or how many times have you got that as well when when you've watched you've watched exercises and then you you do get regression where all of a sudden they're going from however many minutes back down and then consistently for several days, the exercises are getting shorter and shorter or more and more difficult to do. And then you find out after a week that they've got, oh, we went to the vet and they had an ear infection mm -hmm. or, oh, they had uh, tummy troubles and, you know, they'd been to the had diarrhea and, and all the rest of it. And, and sometimes that doesn't come out for several days, but, and, and that can often be a cause of a regression. I was just, 
laughing because I was being immature because you said diarrhea and it doesn't come out for several days like together and then I was thinking that was funny because I'm mature because I'm so mature <laughs> that's what I was like <laughs> so I have a client whose dog's eyelashes will sometimes grow like inward into her eye and and cause irritation there and that can also affect how well she's able to yeah alone so it's entropy is really painful too like that they say that's a really painful um, thing for your dog to have so that makes sense yeah Mm. yeah so anyway so those are some reasons I think you know pain illness just summarizing pain illness um if they've had a difficult interaction with another dog or even just overstimulated positive interactions but just overstimulated um environmental noises if they're sensitive to environmental noises and have a run into that um a bunch during the day sometimes they can not be in the right frame of mind um sometimes it's just that your dog is perceiving it as a different scenario um and and that's not something that you've considered like it feels different to your dog but to you it's it's pretty much the same um and I think we've talked about this a little bit in in other episodes whereas sometimes you know different times of day or depending on who's leaving them or weather or if they've had exercise and enrichment that day can determine you know how well they do in an in an act in an absence okay so sometimes I think it's not as much variability or regression as much as that your dog thinks of it as a different scenario. So it might not be something that we're distinguishing, but they are for some reason. And it can be things like who's leaving them, time of day, whether they've had exercise and enrichment, all of those things can affect how, how difficult it is for them to be left. So that is just another thing to kind of take note of when you're seeing your dog struggle in certain situations. Is this different for some reason than other exercises that they've been acing? I think you mentioned there as well, briefly on the way through the list, the weather. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's, that is another one that can have an impact on your training that people, it, you, it just doesn't occur to us that the weather could make a difference. I mean, like for you, Ness, when you're in the middle of summer, your temperatures are so high that for some dogs that that can be really really stressful and trying to do any kind of training or anything that involves any thought in that kind of heat can be just you know oh, a, a definite no no and the rain. definitely yeah and I've got a brilliant client um and her dogs are she's got a deer hound which is really oh, interesting nice. don't get many of them over here in Australia okay. um but yeah um when when it's windy outside she knows that her dog's not going to do very well so she yeah. calls it and says i won't do it now i'll do it later or i'll do it the next day or whatever so um mm-hmm. but yeah definitely that dog's affected by the weather and um yeah the heat makes it you know like <laughs> you know who wants to do anything actually maybe the heat is a good time to do it because everyone's so hot and bothered and <laughs> exhausted because it, it you know it can be kind of weighs down on you you know so you know Mm. maybe that's a good time because your dog's just going to be like I don't care (laughs) it's too hot I don't care (laughs) yeah Yeah. I have a client whose dog does much better if there's a sunspot in you know that that he can lay in 
So that's it's interesting. Like kind of if it's a certain time of day where the sun comes in that window and um, it's sunny out, then then he, hmm. he really likes to lay in it. And it just is like glue. It just glues them right there. And I'm like, wow. I wonder if you could create an artificial sunspot with one of those, um, what do they call them? The sad lights. Would you say a sad light? Seasonal yeah, aspect disorder. Yeah. That's it. Are there so, lights? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Yeah, the, the, um, quite often you get the like big square ones. It's quite, it's quite a white light, isn't it? I think. Mm-hmm. I'm not like, surprised um, you have them in um, England, though, since it rains all the time and there's never any sun. <laughs> it's just dark. It's just dark constantly, all the time. We all have little head torches all the time. <laughs> so dark. So, what, so another thing we haven't mentioned um, is like, something that might affect your training is moving house Mm, or as we discussed last week introducing kitties to the house Mm. you know Mm. things like that like things you and um you know there's uh, maybe somebody else come you know you've got visitors in the house there's all sorts of things that could affect your training yeah or kids going back to school you know Mm. like those types of routine changes can can affect it as well it's true yeah you've got i mean the the big ticket things are things like a relationship breakdown or coming together so you know people moving in together is a big one the the moving Mm. house is a big one um i just thought of another one and it just went straight in my head and back out the other side Actually, saying about um, break, uh, relationship breakdowns, I had a client years ago um, before I became a SA specialist, separation anxiety specialist, um, and it was a um, husband and a wife and a child and their little dog, um, and the dog was fine all the time they were together, and then the husband and the wife split up, the, the daughter and the mother moved into a, a smaller place with no yard, and you know they were going through a very, very emotionally stressful time for them. Um, so that would have affected the dog as well but the dog just broke down after you know just couldn't cope it's really got bad separation anxiety because because of the whole I personally think it was more the stress that the mum and the daughter were going through um, their emotional stress that was probably impacting that dog Um, but yeah it had a big a big impact on the dog um, in terms of it being able to be by itself. Mm. I had an inquiry not so long ago from a, a couple who were not living together and they had a, the, the child went backwards and forwards, you know, between the parents and stayed at one on a weekend, that kind of thing. And they wanted the dog to go backwards and forwards as well. And that was an interesting question about how, what do we do about separation anxiety when the dog goes backwards and forwards? And I found that was quite, I was like, hmm, that's really interesting. You know, how would we work that? Yeah. You want to know what I said now, don't you? <laughs> no, I, I think I might know what you said, but go ahead. <laughs> but, yes, probably just do the separation anxiety training in the one house. And if the dog has to go to the other one, probably not do it there, especially if they're only going for one weekend out of a month or something. It's just the amount mm-hmm. of time and energy that you'd need to put into that would be phenomenal. And the chances of it working. I think will be pretty slim. And then the other big ticket, of, of course, as has happened to my young man today, is going to the vets and, and having a procedure and having to stay there for some time, especially yeah. if you've got a vet that's not overly au fait with the fact that they don't want to leave a dog in the kennels in the back to recover. 
because that can have a massive impact on your training. So you really need to have a good talk to your vet and do some military precision um, mm-hmm. maneuvers in order to make sure that they don't get stressed while they're there. Especially because that's a, lot a hard of, one. It is, and especially because a lot of castration and neutering is done on an awful lot of young dogs so dogs that are kind of somewhere between six months and a year and the first time they ever spend any real time away from you is at the vets and for something that's you know for want of a better word quite traumatic yeah you know that can have a huge effect yeah i agree i agree what about medication i know we've talked about medication before but I'm just thinking of, of clients when they've had, I would say, regressions, where they've kind of like got yeah. to a certain time and then it's gone back. And then you kind of like very slowly get back to a certain time and then they go back and then you slowly go back to, and they just keep going back because the level mm-hmm. of anxiety is, is at um, a level that just, they can't seem to get over without that added help of medication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so even if they're on medication, Right. So it could be that with a combination of medications or a dose change or uh, just a different medication altogether, that that could help your dog more. Um, The other thing I think to consider when you're getting stuck is, are you missing some subtle signs that your dog is more anxious? Some dogs can be quite subtle, you know, so it's kind of like those phases that we've talked about. Okay. Um, kind of holding it together and then over threshold, panicking, struggling, however you want to label that. Um, But, you know, if you're training consistently in that keeping it together phase, then I would expect that the dog wouldn't be progressing. Like I would expect them to kind of be either regressing or kind of just stuck on a plateau in Arizona. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Arizona. Do some imagery there. I was doing some that, imagery. That was a definite Americanism there. Arizona, I'm taking it. Is it flat? Silly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's like plateaus. Um, okay, so... So it just insemination, you could be just pushing a bit too hard. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. But, and I think that's a good time to see if you're not working with a separation anxiety pro, it could be that, that working with somebody could help you see those little things that you, that you're missing. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had clients that have thought, everything went okay with the training and then then I've watched the video and gone there's a lot going on here and actually the dog was heading to its threshold and yeah and and not necessarily gone backwards in times in terms of the duration that the dog's alone but at least allowing the the client to acknowledge that you know things could be going wrong and Mm -hmm. they really need to be aware of of those little subtle signs I think with um, a lot of people that train by themselves that um, they probably think they've got it right and probably don't. And then they, they're like, well, my dog's, this training doesn't work and my dog's going backwards. But the truth is they're missing all those subtle signs that would actually enable them to go forwards. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I had I a, 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 
a client recently and she'd um she'd been doing it herself for quite a while uh and and like you said she'd been getting stuck and and couldn't figure out what was going on and on one of the training videos the one of the things that stopped the progression on that particular exercise of all things was the placement of the cushions on the sofa okay and be like what and she's got it's a little dog and when she goes out he likes to walk to the end of the sofa and just stand with his feet on the arm of the sofa and just watch over the arm of the sofa and wait for it to come back. And when she'd done an exercise and put cushions there, he couldn't get to the arm of the sofa. So he got off and went out into the hallway and stood in front of the door and then had a little whine. So the difference between those cushions being there and not being there. And that was something. And she was like, and as soon when I saw it on the video, I was like, Oh, the cushions are different. And she was like, I'd never thought, never, would never have thought of that, ever. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's these little things that when especially, and this is the thing with, again, with not just using professionals to help you, but using video camera so you can really look at it and say, what is different? Is there anything different about today? Because it's not just the dog, is it? It's all the, also the environment and everything around them. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite interesting, isn't it? And touching on that, actually, I, I have a, um, a lady, uh, she's not a client, but she's in my Facebook group, which is Separation Anxiety in Dogs Decoded. If anybody yeah. with a dog with separation anxiety would like to join, please do. Plug alert, plug alert. Anyway, so she's, <laughs> she's in my Facebook group and um, just in terms of what you're saying about the cushions in the, you know, the wrong spot, so this dog is pretty smart, I think. So this lady's husband is a fireman. And so when he has to work at the station, I think he's gone 24 hours or something like that, maybe a bit longer, I'm not sure. When he's getting ready to go to the fire station for work, that dog is just chilled out on the couch, does not give a toss, understands that he is going to the fire station and not to get all worked up. When he's not, when he's home from the fire station and he's running errands and he is going to go out, the dog is like like zooming around the house and working itself up into a state because it understands the difference between the fire station and the errands. And I, I said to her, like, what is, there's obviously the dog can see what the difference is. So you need to work, also work out and pinpoint what the difference is. I personally yeah. think it might just be what he's putting on in terms yeah. of his clothing, etc., but uh, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think now she's at the point where she needs to work out what's going on in the dog's mind that he can tell the difference and work with mm-hmm. those cues. Yeah. But yeah, they're smart, aren't they? One of my dogs years ago, <laughs> when I used to put certain socks on, used to go batty because she knew that that meant we were going out for proper walks. Yeah, you know, good hiking ones. If you put the hiking socks on, she'd be off. Right. What I was going to say is that um, I have a client or had a client who had a dog with separation anxiety that was kind of the same way, Ness, is that if she had her work clothes on, the dog would would get upset because, I guess, longer absence. But if she put her like running clothes on, then the dog was fine. So, you know, it's something that, again, we don't think about that difference really. Um, that much but that our dogs notice those things so absolutely and we I don't think we notice 
what our dogs notice, which gets back to the, you know, the, it's windy outside, not a good time to train. Like we wouldn't necessarily understand that that's an issue for our dogs, but, you know, that's where it becomes really important to be observant of what our dogs are, right. triggers are, well, I and guess. Then, where did I hear, it wasn't one of my clients, but I heard something about a dog who would, you know, routinely not be able to handle absences on like, let's say Tuesdays and Thursdays. And um, so they, they were like trying to nail it down. What is it about Tuesdays and Thursdays? And what they figured out was that their neighbors had a sprinkler system and it would hit the window where the dog was sleeping, you know, would sleep on, you know, it was like a timed system. And so on those days he would have trouble because that bothered him. So it could be, you know, something that you, that's not even in your yard, you know, it could be the garbage man coming, it could be, you know, whatever, whatever's um, difficult for your dog. So I think it's just another pointer as to why video is more, so important, because if you have a video in that room, you could hear that something was banging against the water, banging against the window or whatever, so. And it's, it's like that thing with, with the, the pre-departure cues when you get people who are worried about um, you know, wanting to put certain coats on or things like that. And then you get other people who, who quite happily go out in the nightgown and get changed in the garage or something so the dogs don't get triggered by the fact that they're wearing outdoor clothes. You know, it's, it's the lens that some people will go to just so they don't, you know, so they can get out. But sometimes, you know, in order to get out for two hours, if it means going out in your nighty and getting dressed in the garage, you know, I'd do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would too. I don't wear an ID, so I'd have to find no, something else. <laughs> I, I pretty much wear like sweatpants to bed all the time. And then you can wear them the next day, too. <laughs> what? <laughs> all day? Is it your lift, Stacey? We could edit that part out. It's fine. <laughs> No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> this is what happens in, in the in the in the deep south, you say, these these southern states. When you're wearing your pajamas all day long. Uh, whereabouts are you, Stacey? Are, are you in the deep south? In the deep south. I'm in North Carolina, so it's kind of it's on the Carolina. East coast. Carolina. <laughs> it's um, on the east coast, but a little bit more towards the middle. Okay. So, so are you like in gone with the wind country? A little bit. Yeah. A, a little, a little bit. Can, can you like do a Scarlet O'Hara impersonation? No, I can't. I'll oh, go on. I just, I'm sure I'm you really, can. I can't. <laughs> it's not a straight for going. Sugar, my name's Stacy and I live in Carolina. I don't train <laughs> dogs. I got a cotillion. Is Tell that it? Cotillion. What's that? Dancing. Dancing. Yeah, don't you still do you still do cotillion in, in, in Carolina? Or is that moved on somewhat? <laughs> some some people do. Um fancier people than me. Would would do that? I'm just not a fancy it, person. Do you do square dancing? 
No, I don't. I actually don't do any kind of dancing um, unless I'm doing like flailing um, and joking around with my family. I will do that kind of dancing, but I'm not actually like a good dancer. Oh. What kind of dancing do they do in Australia? Uh. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was thinking. I was mm -hmm. thinking hacker, but I'm in the wrong country there, aren't I? Hacker, not hacker. Yeah. Goodness no. well, me! I'm actually that's a kiddie. Yorkshire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you could do that then? Uh, no. Do it now, and I'll take a picture. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no. <it> everywhere. <laughs> Damn. Anyway, back to dogs. Mm. So, are we worried about variability or regression? Is one worse than the other? Is are we are we how worried should we be? Should we be worried? I don't think we should be worried about variability because variability occurs in everything. everything. It's just something that we everything. It's just something that we need to be aware of, and we need to help our clients be aware of it because they're the guys that suffer with variability and think that it's regression when it's not but i think regression gives us a sign that there's something going on that we might something more serious after. yeah mm -hmm. yeah that was a lovely summation of our podcast well, thank you you're just fabulous all over again <laughs> So what do we say to people whose dog regresses? Because you see it all the time. Like people are like, I got up to, I don't know, 10 minutes and my dog has suddenly gone back to 10 seconds and I just can't, I can't do this any longer. I don't know what to do. You know, I'm, I'm at breaking point. I do think that's really difficult. You know, again, if it's a client, I think you're better prepared. Like, so if as a pet parent, if you're working with a separation anxiety pro or a trainer on trying to help your dog overcome separation anxiety, I think that that relationship has a built-in support system to help you get through regressions and I like that a built-in support system that's a really nice way mm -hmm. of putting it thank you um I'm going for the gold star this week but <laughs> <laughs> that up there um but also because you have somebody else that's very informed about your case you know you have somebody who can help you troubleshoot what may be happening or what may have changed or what may needs what may need to happen next, right? So you don't have to do that alone. And I think that having somebody pretty much give you a plan takes off so much of the pressure. Yeah. And especially because you only as a client, you only see your own dog. And you don't, you know, as, as trainers, we see hundreds of dogs and see regression and variability happen over and over and over again. And we can really, you know, help you through with that because when it's just your own dog, it's, it's so difficult and so emotional. I think it's important to say, you know, look, you're not alone. 
this happens. Mm. It's it's common. Um, you aren't alone. You've got and um, don't get disheartened. I think don't be disheartened. Persevere um, and come up with a you know we can come up with a game plan to to get you through this and get your dog back up to the time. Okay. Well, to just draw a parallel between what our dogs may be experiencing in learning to be home alone and okay. Um, my daughter and I are training to do the mountains to sea trail run here. And that's, um, it's a 12 mile run on a trail. Every week we increase our mileage. And it's interesting because we can do the same run, same amount of miles in the same conditions, and it can just feel really hard that day. Right. And so I think, you know, is it discouraging on that day? Sure, but I've been running long enough to know that there's variability in my running and you just hope that your bad day of running is not race day, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> so, so that's just another, another instance of how variability in learning is really normal. Now, our regression in my running might be if you know, if I got COVID and I could run and it scarred my lungs and, you know, then I had to rebuild from, but just the normal ups and downs of having good days and bad days is I think, I think really normal and, and so, kind of bringing in that whole personal best thing too, right? Not every run you have is going to be your, your strongest run or your best run, or I'm sure there are other things that you guys do that it's the same. That's a good point. Yeah. So we did, we haven't talked about personal best before, but obviously personal best is what your dog has achieved, but it's all about consistency. And that is the key to training, not, not personal best. So Stacey, you must be really fit then. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm medium fit. <laughs> You're pretty fit. Medium fit. And, and oh. this trail run, I'm, I'm assuming it's like pretty steep. Is it like we're talking about hilly mountains it's yeah um yeah it's it's there are some sections that are are pretty hilly this this past winter has been really wet here so it's also very muddy yes. which which is not good for running times but mm -mm. gotta make the best of it guys sure good on you um, and I, I think like we were saying earlier, like major life um, occurrences. So if your dog's up on four hours and there's a major, you know, trauma in your life, it will affect your dog and you just have to appreciate that and, and, and not get down about it. And just, um, and, and the good news is um, if your dog was able to be home alone by it for four hours and it does regress to four seconds or not even be able to walk out the door without your dog reacting, because they've already been at four hours, working back up to that time won't take as long as it did the first time. It's so important not to get discouraged and not to give up. And the other thing, I think something that you said there just made me think, Ness, the other important thing with the training is, is you must take the days off. Don't Training seven days a week will not get you there faster. In fact, if anything, training seven days a week will more likely put you back. So you must take days off. It's so important and not just for your dog, but for you as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess the other thing I would say to somebody who is really struggling with a dog that has a lot of variability or has regressed is 
to just make sure that the coverage options that you're using are solid. You know, if, if you're sending your dog to daycare and they have promised you that the dog is not spending time alone, you know, is there any way to verify that or to go and just check up on that to make sure that's the case um, as one? And number two, try to find good fits for coverage because you having that time away from your dog can be very restorative for you. Therapy. Go shopping. Oh, oh yeah. Retail therapy. Mm. Retail therapy. But even just to be able to go out and reconnect with friends and family without having to worry about your dog. Yeah, it's, it's important right. that you have that time away as well. In the, in the UK, we've, uh, we've um, yesterday we've been given a, a roadmap to, to coming out of lockdown. So we've got, uh, we're aiming for times when people are going back to work. So for guys in the UK now, this is the time as well to really get on that training because mm. this is, you know, in the very near future, you could end up leaving an awful lot more than you were this week. Mm. That's for sure. It's so important to keep training in lockdown, isn't it? Mm. I mean, it must be hard uh, in, you know, really cold environments where it's snowing outside and trying to, but you've just got to find a way to leave your dog. Yeah, I do feel sorry for, I mean, one of my um, clients again, I mean, the other, the other week we got, pretty cold here which is, i think it was about minus six which for us is is cold and she mm. was do, she does her training at about seven o'clock at night because she works uh, and she was like it's i think as she put it's a little bit parky i'm like i think it's a bit more than parky <laughs> so she's not frozen to death on the front step out there for 25 minutes you know <laughs> it's like <laughs> mm. definitely um <clears throat> that's dedication yeah, yeah definitely if your dog does have an over threshold experience, so if, if they have showed signs of anxiety more than just, you know, those little beginning phases where you're going to come back, like say you thought you could leave your dog and, and they've gone into panic, you know, then I would recommend making sure you give your dog some, a couple days off and then start with some easy wins. Um, in those couple of days off, do fun stuff with your dog. Long snippy walks, play some games, some fun training, you know, that sort of thing. And then when you do start up training again, I would just start with some e exercises that would be easy for your dog, whatever that is. Yeah, and um, I think just if you're feeling stressed, maybe don't train or take it easy don't put your dog don't don't let your dog um, pick up on your own emotional turmoil if you're going through something are you right there sarah <laughs> i'm off i'm off, I'm off. Okay. you know because it's dark here all the time i should um, <laughs> i should send one of my spiders over for you Yes, it was a vampire moth. Right. I've got nice big spiders here to, to, do you want me to put one in a box and send it over to you? Nice oh, I don't mind. Spiders, I don't bad. You my should see her spiders, Sarah. Mm. Have you seen I know, I've spiders? seen them. Yeah. I've seen your spiders on your pictures. 
Yeah, well, there was one in the house yesterday and it was only a little one, but it was big enough. But we don't kill them, we just like let them be. We get them outside if we can, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I've got, I've got a friend in the UK and she doesn't like spiders and, and, you know, she'll see one the size of her pinky finger and think it's huge. I'm like, yeah, you don't know what big is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't get them that big over here, do we? We get big garden spiders, but even then they're not that big compared to yours. No, yeah. No. Anyway, thank you for listening to Tales from the Doghouse, Separation Anxiety Explained. You can listen to it on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, and some other listening apps as well. Um, please like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star review. Um, I'm Ness Jones. I'm from Separation Anxiety in Dogs Decoded. You can find me on Facebook at Separation Anxiety in Dogs Decoded with Ness Jones or on Insta, which is underscore Ness Jones underscore. Uh, if you would like to hire me as a specialist trainer to help your separation anxiety journey, you can catch me at Ness at roughdiamonds.net. I'm Stacy Bell, and I am with Focused Fun. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Focused Fun Dogs, and my website is focusedfun.net. And then Sarah, you go. Uh, this is Sarah from Separation Anxiety Solutions, and you can find me on Facebook and Instagram under the same name, Separation Anxiety Solutions. And what about your puppy thing? Your next I also class. run <laughs> I also run um, independent puppy classes which are there to help puppies that don't have separation anxiety. So these are exercises to help you leave your puppy home alone. Before they get separation anxiety. Before yeah, and you can find those or the you can find the information for those on my Facebook page or on my website which again is Separation Anxiety Solutions. Excellent. I think anybody that gets, excuse me, anybody that buys a puppy should definitely get onto that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Okay, everybody, thank you, lovely listeners. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thank you.